It's tough to see you in this light, Rain. Unfortunately, yeah. Come on over. Because when I finish hosting this podcast, and I will, there's going to be carnage. Hi, I'm Tanner Richard Kraft. I'm Austin Sweebelman. Rain Caversi. I'm Frank Costanza. (laughs) I don't know who Frank Costanza is. I'm Tim M. Sullivan. No, that's George's cousin from Seinfeld. He looks exactly the same as George Consenza, but uh, 50% is wide. And he works for the Mets instead of the Yankees. Venom! As you uh, might have noticed by my illusion reference, being a reference to the Venom 1 post credit scene, today we are talking about Venom. Let there be carnage. Knock, knock, let the Venom in. I, I needed to say that for Ethan. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about the the newest Sony Marvel movie, as in a Marvel movie that's not an MCU movie. Or is it? I don't know. I kind of don't know how to classify it myself right now. But we'll get into that later. Before we talk about Venom 2, as you all know, whenever I host the podcast anyway, I try to get your guys' background on the character, history of the franchise, expectations going in, etc., etc. So I'm just uh, curious here. What kind of expectations did you guys have going in, if anything? And just briefly what you thought of the first movie. We'll start with Rain. Well, so I had two things going for me. On the one hand, I had my experience with the first movie, which I didn't hate. I didn't think it was good. So basically, the best description of the original I uh, got when I was was in this writing class with Tanner, and we're both talking about our experiences with the movie. I think you liked it a lot. I was very lukewarm on it. And I was trying to explain, like, what kind of bad it was to one of our classmates. And I was explaining in the movie to him. He's like, oh, so it's like Ghost Rider, the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider. I was like, yes, it is the 2010s answer to Ghost Rider. So I had that going for me, which is to say it's good or it's bad, but it's, like, very watchable ultimately still and and um not like eyeball bleeding bad by any means on the one hand i was expecting something kind of lukewarm on the other hand though tanner saw it before me and the vibe i got was i was expecting just like the craziest shit ever like i was expecting malignant with like gay sex every like 20 minutes (laughs) oh no i overhyped it then (laughs) yes um so that was what i expected well, and not to be fair, it wasn't just Tanner. It was just like a lot of people whose opinion I trust on movies. Like, it's so crazy. What? Oh, man, this is such a wacky, what's it, What's going on movie? I want to set the record straight. I never said this movie was crazy. I said it was gay. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> there is a significant difference. <laughs> Tell that to the 50s, bitch. Fuck you. The concepts are not mutually exclusive, though. I'm not a crazy man. Openly gay. (laughs) You can be gay and crazy, but you can be just gay and just crazy. It's a new theory published by scientists in the Atlantic Journal. Tim, what kind of uh, your experience with the first movie, your kind of just basic thoughts on it, and what kind of expectations you had going in for Let There Be Carnage? So I watched the first Venom like three weeks ago. Like, I was revisiting the uh, Raimi trilogy of the Spider-Man movies in preparation for the Evil Dead podcast, because uh, I wanted to kind of re-familiarize myself with uh, Raimi's works that uh, I had first experienced. So after that, I decided I'll, I'll watch the first Venom, because the new one's coming out. So I watched it, and, like, I remember when it was coming out, it, it just looked like it, something that was probably just going to be dumb, but maybe a little fun. That's that's basically what I got. I mean, it had a cool Run the Jewels song in the end credits. Yeah, that's that's about all I got. All right. 
Austin as the uh, uh, quote-unquote gayest man in Bomb Squad as you're the only one with an active husband. Uh, what kind of... Uh, hey, well, what the fuck about Brandon Detra? They're not married yet. They're not oh, married yeah. yet. Active husband. True. Active husband. There's a difference. So, Austin, what kind of uh, experience did you have with the first Venom? Plus, what kind of expectations you had going into Let There Be Carnage? I thought the first Venom was good. I liked the scene where Tobey Maguire was snapping at people. Uh, hey, wait a minute. I eventually, <laughs> I got around to the scene where Venom was talking about inferior races and realized I had skipped Toe for Grace movies and I was watching Black Klansman now. <laughs> Which was a mistake. I saw the first Venom when it came out because I think similar to Rain, I had been told that it had this sort of special quality that superhero movies didn't. Like, it broke the mold somehow, but in this way that was, like, very, like, the end product was lukewarm instead of sort of, like, game-changing, right? And so I I lucked out. Normally I go to see movies alone with Sid because we're kind of shut-ins. But this time we went on a double date. We had four whole people walking into Ronnie's. And uh, it was this guy who ultimately ended up blocking me on Facebook two years later because I wasn't a Warren voter. If that tells you anything about this person. Jesus Christ. And you know what? I had a great time. And every time I talk about the first Venom movie, I contribute it to the fact that we went on a double date, that there were four of us, and we all had the lowest possible expectations. Like, we were just whispering to each other. We're like, yo, I heard this was shit, dude. And then just like the movie starts, and by the time Tom Hardy's in with the lobsters, we were set, dude. We were fucking having a great time. There are lots of things about it that are just like middle of the road, like funny Elon Musk villain. The whole like obligatory third act fight looked really stupid, but it was sort of like somebody like grabbed a a superhero movie from the 2000 aughts and just smashed Smashed it through 10 years later like hey there's this we put it in a time capsule and so it always it's kind of this awkward thing to talk about because it's hard to describe how it's bad and so with let there be carnage that was sort of one of the funniest things about the first venom was just woody harrelson with the funny wig and saying that dumb line <laughs> and so i can't believe they got rid of the wig i was just hoping that they could pull it off twice because i think the general consensus among some people is that venom was like shit on too heavily by critics and it's kind of a crowd pleasing movie and so that i could be faithful i saw it on a double date with four people this time yeah can't wait for that person to block you in three years for, like, not being a fucking Kamala voter or something. It's my sister-in-law. Anyway. She better not. Oh, God, Austin, I'm sorry. I can see the future. <laughs> she will be blocking you for not being a Kamala voter. My experience with the first Venom movie was I saw it in theaters opening weekend. It was the uh, first in a double feature. Uh, the second movie was A Star is Born. A Star is Born is a, is a significantly better movie, but <laughs> that doesn't mean I, I disliked Venom. You tapped right into it, Austin, because once Tom Hardy hits the lobster, that movie is like hitting the ground running and it's a lot of fun. The problem is, is that it takes 40 fucking minutes for him to hit that lobster tank. It takes way too fucking long for the one interesting thing about the movie to actually happen but because it's all in the latter half it's mostly forgivable and i find it to be a fun enough experience and a very interesting throwback to the type of superhero movie they don't make anymore where quite frankly i'm not sure if the people making the movie has ever read a comic book in their lives which was the case watching the first venom movie and a lot of superhero movies from the mid-aughts maybe the directors of mcu movies have never read comic books but god damn it they're good at making me think they might have so with this one i i had the expectations of it just being Another goofy, dumb, 
kind of fun movie. I saw the first one with my dad. I saw this one with my dad. I just I was expecting more of the same, maybe less of the buildup. But that moves us on to our next question, which is what do we think of Venom? Let there be carnage overall. I don't know why I'm giving him a southern drawl. I don't think he had a southern drawl in the movie. He kind of does, right? I don't know. He has Um, accent, which doesn't really mean anything. His name is. But it's not his normal speaking voice. His name is Cletus Diabetes. Of course, he has somewhat (laughs) of a southern accent. I want to see the diabetes actor in the Venom costume. (laughs) Anyway, moving on to the next question what do we thought of the movie overall? We're going to start with. Uh, Tim M. Sullivanum on what he thought of Venom Let There Be Carnage overall. It's cool. Um, All right, moving on. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I liked it better than the first one. Uh, maybe part of that was because I was in the theater and par- part of that was probably also because based on my minimal history with Spider-Man outside of the live action movies, I've always thought that Carnage was a cool Villain, so I was just excited to see him on the big screen in a big Marvel movie, and like we get this like really cool like kind of final boss battle between him and Venom. Out, out of like the third act uh, fights, I would say this is one of the ones I've enjoyed more than a lot of them. It was it was fun. Uh, it was a good time. That's basically what I got right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe we should have done Bond. This podcast is going to be like 27 minutes. No. Austin's going to start crying at how short it'll be. No, no. Oh. It, it'll match the movie, honestly. I mean, oh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> the short movie deserves the short podcast. Rain, I have no idea what you have to say about this one. Yeah, I tried keeping it under wraps uh, for the for the excitement factor. Speaking of short, I uh, I gotta say I really really appreciate. I miss ninety minute movies, like expensive ninety minute movies. What happened, guys? What happened? Oh, I'm so sad. Here's my presidential speech. I don't just like based on like a lot of people's. I was seeing descriptions of this movie. I was just expecting like some crazy dumpster fire, wacky, over the top thing. Basically, like I said, malignant. But um, every once in a while, there's just gay sex. And what I actually got <laughs> was just a kind of quirky, quirky by like two hundred million dollar superhero movie standards sort of movie that is ultimately it just it feels like the original Venom with admittedly a lot more like creative flourishes and um, more of a unique identity. I don't know, it just feels kind of like window dressing a lot of like the more odd elements that um, that were able to really excite um, excite my interest. Like I thought it was entertaining, but not entertaining enough to really ever get a rise out of me. With a few exceptions, uh, that being a the um, the rave scene, which is amazing. Um, the animated part of that was like nice. Admittedly, I wasn't expecting that. Also, the scene where Venom just draws the thing and it just be, the movie becomes the mask for like 30 seconds. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, worst thing about the, this movie that makes it ulti- ultimately bad is uh, at the very end where we see a shot of Venom's toes. Um, that was a bad thing. Uh, no, dick bad, out. Bad. Oh, yeah. So the relationship, the relationship. I got to say. I know it's supposed to feel like a romantic relationship, and for the most part, it does. I I don't know. I haven't had a crazy dysfunctional relationship or anything like that, so I don't. And I haven't been in a same-sex relationship, so maybe those things, uh, those factors, disqualify me from speaking on it. But I honestly, it felt less like a, a romantic couple most of the time to me, and it felt more like um, Alvin and and Dave from <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like that's what they felt like to me. Just like the wacky CGI character, and the more like and comparatively more uh, straight-laced live-action actor. 
like honestly that's what i got out of it like venom constantly doing these wacky things and then eddie trying to rein him in and be like the voice of reason honestly i i can tell i'm gonna get disagreements but i i just couldn't esca- once once that idea popped in my head i couldn't escape it I, did anyone think it was weird that rain just full-on endorsed conversion camps just now that was real weird <laughs> god i don't know where that came from it wasn't even the question he just started quoting mike pence out of nowhere i don't know what's going on <laughs> all right I would say, I mean, it looks like these uh, opinions are getting negative, more more negative as they go on. From what I understand, I think Austin flat out disliked the movie, though I quite frankly don't know what he thinks of it. So Austin, what did you think of Venom Let There Be Carnage? I thought a lot of the physical comedy didn't land. I thought that that scene where they have their breakup and, you know, they're, they're slamming each other around and Venom is just viciously beating Eddie because in that scene, Eddie's only ammo against Venom is Sonny and Cher, the chicken couple. Yeah, this sounds funnier when you talk about it. Uh, basically, all he could do is threaten Venom's chickens. And after yeah. Venom reveals that, that, you know, the fight's still continuing, it's mostly just watching somebody get abused. You're just like, oh, no, this isn't what a gay couple is. And there's that one line that Venom has where he's like, time to come out of the Eddie closet. And it's like, did you know the Sopranos made jokes about that back when we were children or whatever the fu- whatever the fuck the Sopranos were on? There's a scene where this guy named Vito gets killed in the Sopranos and the guy killing him walks out of the closet. Like, that's the most clever thing they could think of in 2005. The whole idea that it's like a fun gay movie that's going to grab you and be like, wow, that's so gay for a $200 million movie. I found it all to be sort of antiquated gayness. Oh, one thing this movie did do was make me want to buy a Sony Bravia TV. That is one thing they make definitely clear is that any Sony Bravia is a very nice TV. But there were moments that I absolutely did like about Venom. For instance, there's a scene where he possesses the gas station lady and he calls someone a pussy. And that was okay. Like there were little like spots in the dark inside of this. Uh, But mostly like this, like the big meat of how I felt going out of this was where'd the rest go? Where's the rest of this movie? One second the prisoners are cheering on Carnage, the next second they're running away. There was a plan, apparently, to get Venom back in Eddie's body made by his ex and her current fiance that was done off screen uh screech goes from like completely being on board to not being on board i I just feel like this was a movie that just got destroyed on the cutting room floor although there's another part of me that just thinks they wrote the script and they thought they had just figured out the new atomic bomb they were like wow we made a movie that's 40 minutes long we rule um (laughs) <laughs> the other, the last thing I want to bring up is sort of the cinematography because this, um, I saw this on the biggest screen possible. I didn't even know there was a screen this big near me. It was so huge. It was at the theater where I got my Boogie Nights DVD signed a billion years ago, and uh, so I had I had a good theatrical experience. But this is a really expensive movie. So why was everything shot so close? Do you know who the cinematographer on this movie is? Robert Richardson is the cinematographer on this. He he did JFK, he did Hugo, Django Unchained, and that, that's the cinematographer, so why was it all close? Here's my guess. Brian Smurs, the second unit director. Guess what he did? I just listed off Mr. Richardson's great achievements. Now let's list off the second unit director's achievements. <clears throat> okay, X-Men Dark Phoenix, The Predator, the new one, Fan Forstick. Terminator Genesis, 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think that um, they kind of let the second unit director have the reins a lot of the time, and I thought the movie was generally shot a little bit close up. And that's that's most of what I have to say about just like general thoughts off the top of my head. It's very impressive for you to list off the name of four movies, one of them being The Predator 2018, and that somehow not obviously be the worst movie in that list. <laughs> that's just a genuine accomplishment. Holy shit. All right. Well, I guess it's my time to get into my thoughts on Venom Let There Be Carnage. I thought, unlike the first movie, this was just a flat out good movie. Everything that did work about this one actually felt way more intentional relative to the first one. It felt like they learned what people people liked about the first one and just completely doubled down on it, tripled down on it in some places. The weird odd couple dynamic between Venom and Eddie, uh, insert clip from that weird reboot from like 2003 here, uh, I thought really worked and was really strong and quite frankly, very gay. When I was watching the movie, quite frankly, I was like, <laughs> I'm on the complete opposite side of the spectrum as Austin here, uh, which granted my experiences with same-sex relationships are very limited. They usually last about two weeks, but you know, but for me, it generally felt very authentic to the uh, gay relationships I've had. And I related very heavily uh, with Eddie. So uh, take that for what you will, taking in Austin statements in mind and put the two together and just paint a really bad picture in your head. If you want to have fun, kids. Anyway, um, <laughs> everything about it just really worked. That scene at the rave was like cinema at its fucking finest. I was losing my mind. Sure, is Venom supposed to get like blown up by sound? Sure, I don't give a shit. It was funny. Uh, I was fucking losing my mind all the goddamn time. When Cletus Cassidy is explaining his tragic backstory, and all of a sudden we see these fucking like seventh grader first cartoon ass animations as he kills his grandmother and mother with with Woody Harrelson's sinister narration. I was like, I was fucking ascending. I was reaching a new plane of existence. I, w I could not believe what the fuck I was seeing the entire time. I know I, I make a lot of comparisons to watching movies being like I'm taking a drug, but here's the difference. With a movie like F9 or Space Jam, I'm expecting that kind of experience. I, I wasn't expecting this kind of experience with Venom 2 of this ascending to a new plane of existence through drugs. Uh, I'm running out of drugs to compare it to. I don't know. Do kids do methadone? Compare it to that. I don't know what methadone does. Uh, I just know it's a drug. <laughs> But, man, I, I had a fun time with this movie. Quite frankly, I thought the biggest improvement was just the director. I think Ruben Fleischer, the director of the first movie, is a largely competent director. And Andy Serkis as a director, the only movie I've seen that he's directed was uh, uh, Mowgli, his Jungle Book movie, which was a uh, dog shit. So I was a little nervous going in. But this one actually had a lot more visual flair to it. I did think it was a little too close at times, but th there was something kind of dynamic in the, the way the movie was shot to me. And there was just a lot of times where I was flat out losing my mind. You bring up that scene with a shopkeeper. I think it's important to mention that Venom doesn't go full Venom in the shopkeeper's body. It's just the eyes and kind of the mouth, and it looks kind of fucking amazing. And then Michelle Williams starts being like, hey there, big boy. Yes. And I was like, what the fuck? Is this shit horny? Oh my god. <sighs> there was more sexual tension in that one little bit of dialogue than is in half of MCU movies, to be quite frank. It was just everything that worked about the first movie just doubled down here. Tim brings up the third act climax, which I thought ultimately really worked well, even though it was kind of like Venom, my arch enemy. And I was like, you guys met five minutes ago, but okay. <laughs> it worked for me. Carnage turns into a tornado like he's a goddamn Looney Tune. Like, what more do you fucking want, man? I love this shit. 
That's not to say there weren't weaknesses. I mean, the CGI on the symbiotes look kind of bad at times, which is not to say, I can tell it's CGI, that means it's bad. No, no. I mean, it straight up looked poorly composited sometimes. I swear to God, I can't remember where, but I remember thinking, did one of Carnage's tentacles just clip through the wall? I don't remember where it was, but I would have sworn I witnessed that. But, you know, this movie finished filming in February 2020. Its post-production was done entirely with remote work. I am hard-pressed to fault the VFX workers because they probably didn't have access to the top-notch equipment they usually have. Right. But overall, though, I mean, I thought it was a really fun time. I thought the first movie was, like, good on accident. This felt way more purposeful to me. What it really boils down to is it's the Tom Hardy show. It's the Tom Hardy show through and through, and I just love him as these characters. I think it really works, and it's quite frankly, it's one of the more interesting dynamics I've seen in the superhero movie. I really enjoyed the movie, and I had a great time with it. Because uh, I'm a nerd, and and don't and uh, you shouldn't listen to my opinions. I'm the asshole that gave Titan two stars. I, I have nothing of substance to say. Please don't listen to me. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Austin's like, no, 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 no. You don't want the art nerds to get mad. Don't say Tanner, that. Tanner, you like Lamb. Art nerds don't even like Lamb. You've just you're on such a high level they can't keep up with you. I'm on this higher plane of existence. <laughs> I'm just fucking ascending like I'm a ninth tier chakra Scientologist. Tom Cruise looks up to me. <laughs> I think the biggest thing about this movie to talk about relative to the first movie is the villain. Uh, it actually has a villain. What do you mean Venom 1 had a villain? Because I sure don't fucking remember it having one. I don't remember Riot at all. I think it was named Riot. I don't know. Was it Rez Ahmed playing Elon Musk? I didn't really give a shit. He was yeah. the worst villain ever. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, Carnage is a much more different villain. He's a way more iconic villain. He has probably a more prestigious actor playing him. And, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson is perfect for this role because his father is an assassin um, who's currently locked up in prison. He might have been involved with the JFK assassination. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's dad is a really interesting person. Look it up. Um, so, Carnage. Serial killer turned monster. Uh, what do we think of Carnage overall? His performance, the character in general, we'll start with Austin. You've convinced me, Tanner. I was wrong. This was a good movie. <laughs> you know what? When they started off with that flashback scene to when uh, Carnage and Screech were together in that sort of mental asylum, uh, and they had dubbed over that young actor with Woody Harrelson's voice, I knew that we were in for something special. I really wonder if Oliver Stone is just mad at this because they jacked his cinematographer and they jacked his actor on the same exact concept as Natural Born <laughs> Killers. Like, I wonder if he's just slamming a table somewhere, having a bender, just like plagiarism, you know? I think that Carnage is a complicated concept and, and his host, uh, Cletus Cassidy, is a complicated character because um, he's been the subject of bad journalism, you know? He killed so many people that they're still trying to find out where he hid the bodies but you see his parents abused him and they never wrote about that in the papers and that's what eats me up he's such a sympathetic villain when he wears that suit when he gets out of prison by the way very cathartic watching someone break out of sing sing from a death sentence and he decides to put on that suit i just felt the same coming out energy that venom got to have this was all perfectly written like a masterpiece the way that he composed that letter to look like the book house of leaves if you buy the expensive version the, the, the big thing that they harp on is Venom and Eddie are a symbiotic relationship, whereas uh, Cletus and Carnage 
are not. That's a parasitic relationship because Venom wants Eddie to feel love and wants him to have a good relationship with Michelle Williams' character. Whereas Cletus's girlfriend, just the very thing that she likes to do, just screeching so loud that it, it, it destroys helicopters. Carnage can't put up with that. And watching that dynamic sort of play out, it was a psychodrama sort of on the level that I hadn't even seen in, in all my, my times watching art films. I, I also really liked the line where he said, let there be carnage, because I thought the sound mixing was good. I lost my mind when he said, let there be carnage. I turned into straight up Peter Griffin in the in the fucking, in that bit. <laughs> he said it, he said it. You know, I went full of that at that moment because it was like, oh, fucking course they did. It makes no fucking sense. Because as far as it, carnage is his own name, he says so. So he's just like, let there be me. Like that's kind of fucking, like you could easily rephrase that phrase as like a, inspirational statement for oppressed youth. Uh, uh, Tim, you, I think, believe you said you were excited to see Carnage in the movie and you thought he was interesting to see. So just elaborate. What do you think of Carnage in the movie? Woody Harrelson's performance? I, th- I think it was an interesting uh, portrayal of the character. He's just like this clearly insane uh, lunatic. Like, yeah, Austin mentioned the abuse angle, which, like, it's something that, like, he's so deeply fucked up that, like, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, there will be carnage? It, it's true. <laughs> uh, I, I shouldn't have watched this movie, like, two weeks ago. I did the same thing, don't worry. I think it's an interesting uh, portrayal of the character. He's just, like, very fascinatingly fucked up. Like, it, it, it kind of reminds me of when Dexter was a thing, which it's about to be a thing again. Uh, just kind of seeing, ah! kind of seeing characters uh, like that, just the mind of the serial killer kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was interesting. I appreciated the animated sequence as well. I thought, I thought that that it was just like a really neat moment in the film, and I think it did like kind of add a little bit of depth to his character. Ultimately, I think a lot of the movie was rushed. I do like the idea of getting more uh, like 90 minute movies, but I think the problem is just like we have to figure out the pacing so that we get all of the uh, development that we need. And it's not quite there here, but I do I do think there was plenty to enjoy. All right, Rain, you're up next. So first question, I have a bonus question for you in this question. What do you think of Carnage slash Woody Harrelson's oh, performance? And second, a challenge for you, name one line of dialogue he has other than let there be Carnage. Go. I've tasted, I'm not going to do the a voice, I've tasted blood. <laughs> I've tasted blood, and that is not blood or whatever. I have tasted blood before, and that is not it. You can't even get the fucking line right. He said, I've tasted blood. He said, that, that ain't it. He said, that ain't it. Oh, okay. You have failed uh, the challenge. You lose. Good day, sir. What was I going to win? My respect. Um, I gotta say, Woody Harrelson, what a guy. That um, he, has he ever been bad at anything? I assume the answer is no. I you can throw that. He he should just. He's one of those actors. You can just throw him in anything, and I and uh, he'll make it better. I gotta say, I didn't think I didn't think Cletus was all that deep of a character. From what like little Carnage runs or stories I've read in the comics, I don't think he's a very deep character. I think he's just he's just hey, here's stabby stab guy, and he looks like he's made of blood. Isn't that cool? And then um, I do think what kind of 
yeah, like borderline saves the movie uh, for me to an extent is it's just like how much fun um, what he's having in this role as um, Cleus just seeing him run around being a couple of well a singular crazy guy. It's pretty simple, but the whole dynamic of um, him and his symbiote gradually clashing more and more and not being able to function well, I think does a better job at like uh, portraying the like the the theme that this movie is going for better than Eddie and Venom's getting back together does. I feel like so that's neat. And then also, um, I thought him and Shrika were they were cute together in the in a certain way. I am worried. I will take back anything positive I say about Carnage. Will I will uh, be taken back if we find out like all any like you know edgy couples, <laughs> any edgy couples that consist of a white guy and a black woman. Oh God! If it's gonna be Joker and Harley again, yeah. If that happens, uh, forget anything positive I just said in the past like five minutes. Me and my boyfriend are crazy. He abuses me, and I love it. If you compare your relationship to Carnage's in this movie, or if you compare your relationship to Joker's in whatever movie, I will shoot you on sight. Two more things. First off, what do you what he's what suit at the in, at the marriage scene? Pretty good drip. And then also, I think it is disappointing. Like Venom's like, oh, he's a red one. That's a big deal. And then we never find out why. Like that's probably was just cut and doesn't like ruin the movie by any means. I'm not a crazy man, but I am a vengeful one. <laughs> what? What does that mean? It means he's not a crazy man, but he is a vengeful one. Tim could be carnage. <laughs> Tim's got red he's hair. Got the red. He could do it. There's gonna be carnage. <laughs> Tim's not a crazy man. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to be coming in with the steaming hot, uh, hot takes here. Uh, Carnage is probably the single worst comic book character made in the past 30 years. There is pretty much no redeemable features of him. He is boring. All he is is, I am serial killer, but with Zimbia. Yeah, I have a penis. Fuck you. What the fuck? That's not interesting. You're a serial killer? <laughs> there are... There are a zillion serial killers, all right? Serial killers aren't fucking interesting. They're just fucking assholes who don't get their dick sucked, so they think they have some kind of, like, vendetta against society for it. I don't have sex. I'm going to kill women. Fuck, serial killers are boring. Thank you, Tanner. With very few exceptions. All right? You can't just boost serial killer and be like, wow, what a character. Fuck you. Fuck you. The only, there are very few pieces of media that make serial killers interesting, and one of them is Dexter, and that shits the bed halfway through. And that is all I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, serial killers are inherently boring characters. You have to work hard to make a serial killer interesting. Serial killers are not inherently interesting. Carnage in the comics sucks. There has oddly enough up until now only been one good ap- adaptation of him in any piece of media ever. And this is going to sound absolutely insane, but in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie tie-in game, Carnage is one of the main characters. And they basically make him Dexter, which therefore makes him kind of interesting. He's like, I only kill Bad guy criminals. Anyway, uh, that game's bad. Don't play it. That's my takes on Carnage. I do not think he is an interesting character in the slightest. In this movie, though, they get it right. Because Carnage is a stupid character that doesn't deserve respect. And this movie treats him like a stupid character that doesn't deserve any respect. All right? When basically the the guy is like, I just wanted to be your friend, Eddie. Fuck you. That's fucking cinema at its finest, all right? Listen, that's what he deserved. He was just a boring little shithead. 
Uh, Woody Harrelson is pretty much in love with this role. He is nailing it, I think, for the kind of stupid, worthless character that Cletus Cassidy is. Because of that, I think the movie really works because, again, he's treating on the same level. That opening scene with that, that so stupid, melodramatic bullshit that was just soaking and campiness, which I thought was very intentional, that was perfect. That is the respect Carnage deserves, okay? So it's perfect. This movie's Carnage works because Carnage is stupid. We are going to get so many fucking hate comments. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought the villain was good. It was great. Way better than the first movie's villain. Hell yeah. Uh, going to be perfectly honest, I put this question in there because I felt like I had to, but I really don't think there's much of any interesting discussion that can be had from this, but just uh, what do you think of the post credit scene, I guess, Austin? I thought it was disarming that it looked super shit at first. Because I had heard all about this all over the internet, that this was, like, going to blow my goddamn mind. And it's just this close-up of, like, a hotel TV playing, like, Telemundo. And I was just like, really? Where are they going? This is going to blow my mind because this looks like ass. (laughs) Uh, I am Okay, you've convinced me, Tanner. This is a terrible movie. I should not force myself (laughs) to lie about Venom Let There Be Carnage. Um, so I think that there are a couple kinds of people who do super movie, superhero movies. There's Marvel and everybody else. So everybody else, the main camp is, they have the idea that, oh, these pigs are going to eat the slop. They're dumb nerds. They do brand recognition. We could throw B-team writers. We could throw B-team directors. We can maybe put a cinematographer on it who's going to sleep his way through this thing. And it's all going to be CGI anyway. That's the general vibe that producers get when they're making superhero movies. It's not like, oh, Let's throw this at the person who loves it the most and is the best at this. It's generally just like, oh, who signs on first? I don't give a shit. People are going to see this anyway. And then there's Marvel that doesn't do that because Kevin Feige steps in with a golden sword and says, no, we must make the best thing possible. And what's going to happen with this, like a symbiote infecting a guy, is now that Venom is in the MCU, Marvel's going to get that taste of that B team. Those guys who come in and smoke cigarettes all day long and are just like getting high on set and fucking around. And they're going to go, you know what? We should hire some of your friends. And the whole MCU is going to die slowly. This is like Ebola getting on the plane. Biggest mistake ever made. Venom being part of the MCU is the end of the MCU. I'm warning everybody, if they don't reverse this tomorrow, this is it for Kevin Feige. Austin, I just want you to know that I watched a right-wing YouTuber say that verbatim. Oh, are you making a joke? This is a bit. I am so fucking sorry. No, I know, I know, I know. I know you are. That's why I wanted to see how you react to that. I just So that's why Austin, that YouTuber, never in the same room. Yeah, yeah, it's just him in a mask. Austin's response was hilarious. Uh, Rain, thoughts on the after credit scene? Almost no opinion, but I mean, it, it doesn't exist to, as a piece of entertainment. It just exists to be like, hey, look who's look who's in the MCU, at least for a little bit, maybe or maybe not. Who see? Who knows? Who, we'll see. It might be fun. I um, I really gotta say that whole like, oh, uh, we can connect with memories of other ones from other universes, or like that whole uh, thing that th- um, Venom throws out. I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't work for me as a properly enough as a motivation for um, why Venom is going to give a shit about Peter. <laughs> Good things could come out of it. I, it would be interesting to see like a third party character um, watching Venom. Be like, who's who the fuck is this weirdo? This weirdo homeless man who's talking to himself. Oh wait, why is he a big black goop man now? He's also talk, still talking to himself. Like, I could see him being entertaining as a 
I think he he would make a very good supporting character, like in some sort of um, thing. So actually, now as I'm talking to myself, I'm realizing um, I'm could be more on board with this than I thought. Rain is talking himself into liking it. It's interesting you describe. Oh, he could be really interesting as a supporting character because traditionally that's where Venom is at his best in the comics, is as a supporting character. All right, Tim. Mm-hmm. You're like, give the least shits about Marvel, so I imagine you'll have the least things to say. What do you think of the after credits scene? Um, I mean, I think it could be fun. I, I do like the idea of Venom and uh, Spider-Man. I don't know why I wanted to call him Mario. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Venom and Chris Pratt's Mario. <laughs> it's a fucking, it's like Alien versus Predator. Venom versus Mario. No, no. Whoever no. wins, we lose. No, no, that that's not Alien vs. Predator. That's Archie versus Predator. <laughs> Archie versus Predator. Or maybe like some fucking like uh maybe we should this is how, it's a uh, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash versus Alien versus Predator versus Archie versus Venom versus Chris Pratt. Just everyone's here. Smash Brothers, I love it. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, I, I do. I do like the idea of um, Spider-Man and Venom being able to be in a movie together again. Uh, also, I wanted to. I wanted to say something. Uh, there is no post-credit scene in this movie. There's a mid-credit scene. Uh, so you know, just why don't you just uh, take that somewhere else? Um, Shut the fuck up! No, 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 no. There's a there's a distinction because if you're waiting. For the whole credits to end, that's a post-credit sequence. If you're waiting for a mid-credit sequence, you get it, and then you go home. There's a difference. You come to me on the day of my daughter's carnage to tell Dan his syntax is off. <laughs> Fucking Marlon Brando in the Venom symbiote. Yeah, like I, I think it could be fun. Like they're just kind of going ham with all of the like previous Spider-Man movie characters coming in so you know why not have Venom come in it kind of reminds me of like when the CW was doing like their uh, DC shows and then CBS or whoever had the Supergirl show they were like we're gonna cross them over but for some fucking reason Supergirl's in another dimension Uh, we we could easily just have them be canon to each other but we're gonna do this world two thing because you know it'll it'll be a thing we'll see it might be fun all right so i think the post-credit scene is interesting only so because it gives kevin feige this more interesting tool in his toolbox that he doesn't really have in other characters venom is very unique in the grand scheme of the mcu and there's this weird uh feeling among marvel fans online that kevin feige hates anything that he doesn't make no when Kevin Feige and co first originally shot that Iron Man post credit scene. Nick Fury originally said as if gamma accidents, radioactive bug bites and assorted mutants weren't enough. I have to deal with a spoiled brat who doesn't play well with others and wants to keep all his toys to himself. When they were first playing in the MCU, they were thinking they could backdoor in the Spider-Man movies. They could backdoor in all the Marvel movies prior. Kevin Feige likes those movies. Kevin Feige 
worked on those movies as a producer for a lot of them. Kevin Feige has been working on Marvel movies since the first X-Men movie, right? So this idea that he doesn't like his characters characters outside of the MCU is kind of ridiculous. So I'm in- interested to see what they'll do with this Venom character. We'll see if it's... I don't think he's going to be in No Way Home because, unfortunately, uh, Sony has no security, and that is the most leaked movie ever made. So I pretty much already know who all the villains are, and Venom isn't one of them. But he'll probably show up in a post credit scene, and they'll probably set up either probably the next Venom movie, which is going to be like, Venom versus Spider-Man. And I was like... Hey, they're doing the rerun of 2007. Uh, So, you know, that'll be pretty interesting. Uh, Way better than Topher Grace Venom. Rain was talking about the uh, multi-interdimensional being, memory, hide mind thing. As uh, the only thing I find that kind of interesting, if they somehow try to make it so this Venom doesn't like Peter because of the fucking Topher Grace Venom, because that means they have to acknowledge Topher Grace Venom, which is inherently funny. (laughs) All right, Topher Grace played Venom, guys. Isn't that fucking funny? That's, that's, that's so the fact they would have to acknowledge it in order to find an interesting backstory, I find pretty interesting. Other than that, I don't know. It's probably the least interesting part of the movie to talk about. But if someone clicks on a video about, dude, talk about Venom too, and and we don't talk about the post credit scene, they're gonna be like, but the post they're gonna start blubbering all over their feces. I don't know. Anyway, it is now time. As I've now returned to the podcast, it's now time for everyone's favorite section. Knock, knock, with the trivia in. It's Tanner's Trivia Corner. Uh, there's not a lot, guys. I'm going to be honest. I actually kind of hunted beyond IMDb. There is not a ton, but we'll try. Tom Hardy has writing credits, specifically story credit on this movie, which puts him in an elite club with Paul Rudd, who helped co-write the Ant-Man movies. Edward Norton, who ghost wrote his Hulk movie. Ryan Reynolds, who helped co-write Deadpool 2. And unfortunately, Christopher Reeve, who is the sole screenwriter on Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, When Brock enters Mrs. Chen's shop, Venom arranges a stack of magazines for her. On the cover of one of those magazines is Stan Lee. I guess we still get some Stan Lee cameos now. Uh, Andy Serkis specifically cites the odd couple as an influence on the relationship between Eddie Brock and Venom. Uh, Andy Serkis was announced as the director, and he was chosen over a multitude of other trekkers, including Rupert Sanders, Rupert Wyatt, two different guys named Rupert, which is funny because I thought uh, naming your child Rupert was considered child abuse nowadays. And also Travis Knight, a cool director. Uh, The reason why uh, the first movie's uh, director, Fleischer, didn't return was because he was busy directing the second Zombieland movie, the sequel that feels like it never should have happened, but quite frankly, I'm okay it exists. I thought it was fine. Andy Serkis only agreed to direct the movie on the provision that he'd be allowed to do most of the filming and all of the post-production in the UK. He didn't want to be away from his family. Unknown to him, Sony already wanted to do this, and they were specifically looking for a UK-based director. (laughs) This film's antagonist, Carnage, which originally supposed to be the villain in the first Venom movie. I'm not even kidding. I'm pretty sure it wasn't until after they started filming where they decided to make him the Riot symbiote instead. So they could save Carnage for later. What These people don't know what they're doing. I don't know how this movie's good. When Eddie and Venom are arguing with each other in their apartment, Tom Hardy recorded his lines at Venom beforehand, which were played back in an earpiece Hardy war, which made the Marlon Brando joke I made earlier even funnier. <laughs> it was played back in his ear by a sound operator. This let Hardy improvise his dialogue as a response to Venom. Tom Hardy improvised dialogue 
reacting to dialogue he already recorded. What the fuck is this movie? During the end battle, Venom colludes that Cletus Cassidy and Carnage didn't truly bond like Venom and Eddie did, which is funny because in the comics, it's the exact opposite. Most symbiotes don't refer to themselves as we. This is shown by the fact that in the comics, Carnage refers to himself as I. Venom and Eddie say we. And finally, I thought this was actually really funny bits of trivia. The working title during production was literally just Venom 2. At one point, Sony considered releasing the movie under the title Venom, Love Will Tear Us Apart, which was the director Andy Serkis's idea because he's a really big Joy Division fan. I'm not even kidding. That's a joke in <laughs> the Candyman I- remake. Love will tear us apart. Jesus, Jerry, can we get it? You like Joy Division. Oh, God. <laughs> Quite frankly, I am so sad they didn't do that. So, yeah, overall, I guess that's all the trivia I have for Venom 2. Like I said, it's not much. I looked. But uh, final thoughts on Venom 2. Let's give them rapid fire quick here. Austin, go. I don't know what to think anymore. Go <laughs> see it if you feel like it. If you don't, there's still going to be carnage. <laughs> there's going to be carnage. Rain. It's it's really too bad these movies didn't come out when I was like nine or ten or works. These would have been my favorite movies of all time. Like it would, I would have, I would have fallen in love with them, and I would be incapable of hearing any negative criticism about them. But unfortunately, they didn't. They came out when I wasn't an edgy kid who could enjoy edgy stuff and also dumb childish stuff. But they're fine. They're fine. Uh, that's my thoughts. All right, Woody Harrelson Jr. A.K.A. Tim Sullivan. What did you think of? Just final thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, Parasite was pretty cool. I'm I'm glad that that won the Oscar. I saw a Reddit comment earlier today about how the IATSE has set a strike date for their actual strike authorization, and they're going to strike on the 23rd or whatever. And one of the top comments was, I can't wait for Parasite 2. <laughs> it was the funniest fucking shit, I swear to God. Horrible, but funny. Uh, yeah, I thought this movie was good, fun, gay, way gayer than I ever thought I would see like a mainstream $200 million budget studio movie. There were times where I was like, this is about as gay as Love, Simon, and that one was just straight up gay. Uh, go see it, uh, and if you don't, you're homophobic. And uh, we don't like homophobes. Thank, thank you, Tanner. You know what we do like? We like you for watching class, listening to this podcast. Thank you all so very much for doing so. If you are listening to this podcast on any of the audio platforms are on, thank you all so very much for listening. Please go ahead and leave a review down below. It helps boost us in the algorithms. And if you are watching this podcast on YouTube, hi, thank you very much for watching this podcast. Go down in the comment sections below and let us know. What do you think of Venom 2? What do you think of Carnage? Are you excited to see Venom and Spider-Man face off? Uh, Do you think homophobia is bad? Comment below and let us know. (laughs) And while you're down there, homophobia is bad. If you say otherwise, I'm going to ban you from commenting. Please go ahead and hit that like button so we can know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button so we can know how much you love us. And hit the bell icon so you can know exactly when we upload new videos. Thank you oh so very much for watching. Please make sure you tune in next week when we talk about... That's not the Halloween theme at all. We're talking about Halloween kills. See you then.